Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, <clears throat> we have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana and how does it help us in our day-to-day life. And how it is relevant in today's world. Vipassana is a process, is a technique of truth realization, self realization, realization of the truth pertaining to oneself within oneself, by oneself, at the experiential level. The truth about misery, how misery arises, how it multiplies, and we have to suffer Is there a way to come out of misery? And if there is a way, what the way is? How to come out of misery? For that one has to realize the truth, the deepest cause of the misery at the experiential level. Today is a very auspicious day. On this day, when Buddha became Buddha, became fully enlightened, on this day he gave the first sermon, first teaching to understand, not merely at the intellectual level, to understand at the actual level the truth about misery, the truth about the real cause of misery, the truth about the way to come out of misery, and the truth of realization, freedom from misery. About misery, it was not necessary to reach the stage of full enlightenment, to understand and say that misery starts with the birth. When you come across any sickness, illness, it is a misery. When you become old, it is a misery. When you face death, it's a misery. When you get associated with undesirables, undesirable person, undesirable incident, undesirable situations, it is a misery. When you get disassociated, disassociated with desirables, desirable person, desirable incidents, desirable situation, it is a misery. You crave for something and you don't get it. It is a misery. Anybody can understand that. 
even somebody with very scattered mind can understand. But that was not the teaching of the enlightened one at the depth. With a scattered mind you can understand these are all miseries, miseries, miseries. But he said, the attachment that you have, you have to make your mind very one-pointed concentration, which in Pali he said, Sankhitta, Sankhitta Chette, in a mind must be one-pointedly concentration, and then you realize the mind and matter, the aggregate of matter, the four aggregates of mind, these five, the combination of these two, combination of mind and matter, towards which one generates so much of identification. I, I, mine, mine. An enormous attachment towards it. This is misery. This cannot be merely understood at the intellectual level for which he gave this technique of vipassana. One has to train on one's mind to become concentrated, one-pointed concentration, with the object of truth, truth pertaining to mind and matter, nothing else. And then working on it, working on it, mind should become so much concentrated, so sharp, so sensitive, that it can realize the truth at the deepest level then one understands this is the real misery. The cause of misery also becomes very clear. At that point, where there is a combination of mind and matter, and where out of ignorance, one starts identifying I, mine, I, mine, the body as I, mine, the four aggregates of mind as I, mine, I, mine. And because of that, one develops tremendous attachment to this. And the attachment is there, the misery starts. With this combination, at the very depth of the mind, at the deepest level, at times one feels very unpleasant sensation. Because of that, one generates aversion. At times one feels very pleasant sensation. Because of that, one reacts with craving, clinging. And having reached that stage where one can feel the combination of mind and matter, the truth of the mind and matter, the subtlest truth of mind and matter, it becomes so clear that as and when I generate craving, I lose the peace of my mind. I lose the harmony of my mind. I lose the balance of my mind. I become a miserable person. Similarly, as and when I generate aversion, I lose the peace of my mind. I lose the harmony of my mind. I lose the balance of my mind. I become very miserable, very miserable. Observing the first truth, what is misery? Not the misery that we see with a scattered mind, there is also a misery, nobody can deny that. But what he wants to experience the misery at the deepest level. And once you go to that deep level, it becomes so clear. The cause of misery becomes so clear. You are reacting to it with craving or with aversion. Craving and aversion are two sides of the same coin. When you are craving for some experience, your aversion towards something opposite to it. When you have aversion towards certain situation, you are craving towards something opposite to it. So both of them, craving and aversion, are two sides of the same coin and both of them make us so miserable, so miserable. When one comes to that stage and realizes the real truth, the real truth of the origination of misery, how it originates, and how it keeps on multiplying, 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 keeps on overpowering us. Then we lose all the sense of reality, 
and we keep on reacting in a wrong way harming ourselves more and more and harming others also more and more so a path was given how to come out of this misery and that is vipassana anyone who wants to experience this technique a very scientific technique no blind faith is involved no dogma involved no rites or rituals involved it is self realization of the interaction of mind and matter you start from the very gross level move deeper 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 you reach the root bear this combination out of ignorance one keeps on generating craving and aversion for that one has to spare 10 days of the life i was fortunate i spared 10 days of my life and now hundreds and thousands of people around the world they have taken these tantra courses and they have understood the truth not the truth of the enlightenment universal truth this enlightened one experienced it discovered it made use of it for once his own enlightenment his own liberation then out of compassion infinite compassion started distributing it to one and all for the rest rest of his life 45 years one and all so the first teaching was given on this auspicious day joining a course what he will do the path is called eight fold noble path noble in the sense <clears throat> that the path is so pure path is so scientific so rational so pragmatic no blind faith no cult no dogma mere practice your own experience you accept the truth with your own experience not because your teacher says so not because the buddha said so not because the scripture says so your own experience you have to experience the truth from the grossest level to the subtle subtle subtler subtler subtlest level you realize the truth and when you find that it is helpful to you and helpful to everybody then only accept it and not only accept it then live that life for your good so to realize this truth you require a very congenial atmosphere where there is no disturbance from outside and you require somebody an experienced person to guide you you decided to join a camp what you will do you are asked to sit down sit down comfortably in any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture for you not necessary a lotus posture or half lotus posture if someone can sit go ahead nothing wrong otherwise any posture that keeps you comfortable for a longer period at a stretch is a good posture for you keep your back and your neck straight this helps you to keep the mind very alert keep your eyes gently closed your mouth gently closed and you are here now to experience the truth about mind and matter to which one keeps on saying i i mind mind this physical structure i i mind mind so much identification towards it so much of attachment towards it and the mental structure one keeps on saying i mind i mind so much of identification so much of attach- attachment let us see what it is the truth about it the first reality that you will experience is the breath coming in the breath going out there is no physical activity now no vocal activity now you are just sitting quiet close mouth the first reality the breath coming in the breath going out every step that you take on the path is the step with reality
reality that you experience. So you are experiencing the breath coming in, the breath going out. As it is. Yatha Bhuta, as it is. Not as you would like it to be. As it is, the entire path, as it is, as it is. You are aware of the truth as it manifests itself from moment to moment, from moment to moment. At this moment, the breath coming in, the breath going out. See that you don't make it a breathing exercise. Don't try to control the breath. Never try to regulate the breath. That is a different technique altogether. We call it pranayam. It has its own benefit. We are not here to condemn other techniques. It is so good for the health of the body. But this is quite different. Here, you are training to develop the faculty of awareness. Awareness of the truth. Mere awareness, whatever it is. The breath coming in, going out. Naturally, normally. If it is deep, it is deep. Just accept the fact, it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. Passing to left nostril, left nostril. Right nostril, right nostril. Do nothing. Just observe. That means just feel. Just feel the truth as it is. Like you are sitting at the bank of the river and the river is flowing. You do nothing for the flow of the river. It is natural. You are just sitting at the bank and observing the flow. You are keeping your mind at the entrance of the nostrils. And you are just feeling the flow of the breath, as it is, as it is. So easy, so simple. And yet whenever you decide to take a 10-day course, you will find so difficult, so difficult. You will hardly feel a couple of breaths and the mind is gone somewhere. (laughs) And after some time you realize what happened. I was here to observe the breath, what I started doing. All right, you start again. You start again. And in a few seconds, again gone. A few seconds, again gone away. Sometimes, not every student, but quite a few students on the first day become very frustrated. Very frustrated. Very irritated. Start generating negativity. Negativity towards oneself. Negativity towards one's own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? Such an easy job, just observe, do nothing, and yet you can't do. What sort of mind? And the guide will say, no, don't generate negativity. Negativity is negativity, whether you generate towards somebody else or towards yourself. It gives you misery. And you come here to come out of misery. No negativity. Just accept the reality. You are observing the breath, observing the breath, mind wandered away. And as soon as you realize, oh, mind wandered away, smilingly accept it. Oh, the mind has wandered away. All right, the breath is still there. I start again. (laughs) Start again. Mind wandered away. You just accept. Mind has wandered away. Again, Again work. Patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently. You keep on working. Mind will keep on wandering. You will bring it back. Very patiently, very patiently. The second day you will find mind is becoming more and more calm, tranquil. The third day, much more calm, tranquil, more concentrated. Not that it has become totally calm, totally tranquil, but compared to the first day, much better, much better. And you are working continuously. This is one very important factor of this technique, practice of this technique, Continuity of practice is the secret of success. And that is why you allow yourself to be imprisoned in this prison of Vipassana camp. Ten days, you have no contact with outsiders. You can't meet anybody. You can't talk with anybody. You only, if any problem, you talk with your teacher, that's all. Or with the management, if there is problem about management. You are a prisoner now, but for your good. So... Continuously, continuously, from morning 4, 4.30 till night, 9, 9.30, with few breaks, for your breakfast, for your lunch, etc., for your rest and all that. But continuous, continuous. In three days you will notice, in many cases, 
the breath becomes so subtle so fine and so short fine like a thread very thin thread as it comes out it makes a u turn goes in comes out makes a u turn so short and so subtle the mind is mind is working with that reality so mind also becomes subtler and subtler sharper and sharper more and more sensitive so the at the end of third day you will find the mind has become so sensitive now it has started experiencing some further realities pertaining to this mind matter phenomenon breath was also a mind matter phenomenon at the apparent level it looked as if it's just a physical function my lungs are working therefore i breathe in or breathe out i breathe yes true but the breath is also related to the mind very strongly related to the mental impurities as you keep on working with the awareness of the breath awareness of the breath mind wanders away in the past future some memory of the past some aspiration of future some fear of future and impurity arises fear anger hatred craving and you notice any impurity that is in the mind the breath loses its normality it's no more normal it becomes slightly hard slightly fast and when the impurity is gone away again it becomes normal so it is so clear why the enlightened one gave us this object of breath it is strongly related to mind as well as matter the combination of the two now at the end of 3 days you start experiencing further subtler realities because you are working on a small area that is very important one pointed concentration and that is below the nostrils above the upper lip small area because you are working on a small area continuously continuously with truth the whole process does not allow you to have any kind of imagination no imagination when you are working with the breath no verbalization no visualization no imagination no suggestion outer suggestion or auto suggestion no imposition imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief nothing doing the reality as it is the breath as it is then only you start experiencing subtle realities as they are throughout the body every moment there is some biochemical reaction or the other taking place every moment some electromagnetic reaction is taking place every moment which manifests itself as this physical sensation or that physical sensation so throughout the body every moment there is some sensation or the other in this area you start feeling sensation at the end of the third day any sensation maybe heat maybe perspiration maybe throbbing pulsing vibrating tingling anything now you start observing that that means you start feeling that without reacting to it just observe as it is as it is from fourth day onwards you start working from the top of the head to the tips of the toes the entire body and you find everywhere everywhere every part of the body some sensation or the other some sensation or the other in some cases the first day or second day this is what we call vipassana now vipassana starts after observation of breath first day second day some people do not get sensation on certain parts of the body but you keep on working patiently persistently very soon one reaches the stage where one feels sensations throughout the body every part of the body every particle of the body initially one comes across very solidified intensified unpleasant cross sensations like pain pressure heaviness numbness heat etc but as you keep on observing mind is becoming sharper and sharper all these solidified sensations they get divided dissected disintegrated dissolved dissolved the entire physical structure gets dissolved dissolved 
no solidity at the apparent level the body is solid but at the ultimate level the true level which was a great realization of this enlightened person a great discovery that the entire physical structure is nothing but tiny little atoms for which he used the word he coined the word kalapa tiniest particle of the material world entire body is made of these tiny particles tiny particles and this tiny particle is not solid this is just changing wavelet rising passing rising passing entire physical structure rising rising passing rising passing and entire outside world rising passing rising passing mere vibration mere vibration a great super scientist of the spiritual world 26 centuries back without the help of any scientific instruments or apparatus of today he reached that stage by insight by his own experience that the entire physical structure is mere vibration pakampito pakampito sabbo loko pakampito entire universe is vibration vibration mind is also vibration vibration mental contents are also vibration vibration initially one comes across solidified mental contents maybe maybe anger hatred passion fear all solidified as you keep on observing observing dividing dissecting disintegrating dissolving mere vibration mere vibration vibration of this wavelength or that wavelength vibration of this velocity or that velocity mere vibration mere vibration when one reaches that stage then it becomes easy to understand it is not that everybody will reach that stage on the first 10 day but the path takes it to that some start feeling on the first 10 day some on the second 10 day some maybe on a 20 day course or but one reaches that stage where the entire body is mere vibration mere vibration mind matter both vibration vibration the attention goes to the eye sense door vibration vibration ear sense door vibration vibration nose sense door vibration vibration tongue sense door vibration vibration body sense door vibration vibration mind sense door vibration vibration these are the only six sense doors by which the world comes in contact with you or you come in contact with the world no other way if you don't have the ear sense door you are deaf from the birth for you there is no world of sound sound you are blind from the birth there is no world of shape or form or color or light so the world is world when it comes in contact with these six sense doors now what happens a good meditator something has come in contact with say ear sense door his sound has come in contact with the ear sense door sound is also a vibration the ear is also vibration vibration coming in contact with vibration generates a new type of vibration like you strike a gong already there is some vibration in the gong you strike the gong you strike the gong on one point and the whole gong starts vibrating a particular type of vibration a sound has come in contact with your ear a vibration throughout the body there is a flow of very normal natural neutral vibration one part of the mind its job is to cognize just now i said four aggregates of the mind one aggregate of the mind its job is to cognize hey look something has happened something has happened at the ear sense door or maybe the eye sense door or nose sense door or tongue sense door or body sense door or mind sense door look something has happened its job is only to cognize that's all immediately second part of the mind will raise its head what has happened what has happened at the ear sense door some sound what sound with all the memory of the past with all the experience of the past this part of the mind will recognize these are words what words words of abuse or words of praise it has recognized not only recognized it gives evaluation with all the experience of the past it gives evaluation with all the conditioning of the past gives evaluation words of abuse oh very bad words of praise ah wonderful 
it has done its duty. This part of the mind has done its duty. It has recognized, given evaluation. And you notice, a good meditator of your person, I will notice, the neutral flow of vibration suddenly changes. As soon as this valuation is given, abuse very bad. And the entire flow of vibration becomes very unpleasant. Very unpleasant vibrations throughout the body. Or the valuation is given, praise, wonderful. It changes into very pleasant sensations throughout the body. Third part of the mind starts feeling these sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, whatever they are. And then the fourth part starts working. Pleasant sensation. This fourth part will react, react with craving, clinging. Unpleasant sensation. The fourth part will react with aversion, hatred. And will continue to react. So long as the sensation is there, it will continue to react. Craving, aversion, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. That is where the misery starts. Where you generate either craving or aversion. Another wonderful thing that was discovered by this enlightened person was there was already a teaching in India of those days. We have gone through the scriptures of all the ancient scriptures of different traditions and we have found that there were teachers who were teaching don't get indulged in the sense objects. Don't generate craving or aversion towards sound or, or shape, or color, or smell, or taste, or touch, or thought. Don't, don't react. Don't react with craving or aversion. That was there. Then what was the speciality of this enlightened one? He discovered. He says, you are not reacting. You are not reacting to these outside objects. At the apparent level it took. Some words have come. They are words of abuse. And you feel, I am reacting to these words of abuse with aversion. Some words and you, are, you understand these are words of praise and you feel you are reacting to these words of praise. No. Your reaction and the outside object having come in contact, there is a missing link and that was discovered by this enlightened person. That is the sensation on the body. And that is why he says, Sarayatan Pachaya Phasa. Six sense doors come in contact with the six sense objects. Phasa Pachaya Vedana. There is a sensation. And Vedana Pachaya Tanha. The craving and aversion arises because of the sensation. If we don't make ourselves efficient to feel the sensations, how will we know where the craving is a reason? Aversion is a reason. How can we come out of this mad habit of craving and aversion unless you go to the source of this bad habit? That is why we Pashnavas thought. Go to the depth. Go to the depth. Now you are aware of entire physical structure, the mental structure, the outside object coming in contact and creating a sensation in the body, pleasant, unpleasant. And old habit pattern, you are reacting with craving, aversion. Now with this technique, you train yourself due to this reason or that reason, due to this object or that object, a sensation is a reason. Pleasant. And you are craving. Unpleasant. You are generating aversion. You realize. You are asked to realize. The teacher will ask you. Just see. Whatever sensation has a reason. Is it eternal? Unpleasant sensation. Very intensified. Very unpleasant gross sensation. It arises. Seems to stay for some time. But ultimately passes away. Is not eternal. And when you come across pleasant sensation. Very subtle pleasant vibration. Same characteristic, rising, passing, rising, passing, with great rapidity. Something which is so ephemeral, so impermanent. What is the sense of reacting to this with craving or with aversion? One starts understanding it at the experiential level. Mere sermons won't help. Mere reading the books won't help. Mere listening to these discourses won't help. They will give inspiration. Good. They will give us some guidance. But actually the experience, one has to reach that stage where craving arises, where aversion arises. And when they arise out of the mad habit of the past, they keep on growing, growing, multiplying, multiplying, and they overpower you. Any impurity arises at the depth and multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. Anger is a reason. Multiplies, multiplies, overpowers you. 
then you perform such unwholesome action at the vocal level, at the physical level, and later on you repent, I should not have said so, I should not have done so. Meaningless, it doesn't help. Second time again, such situation. And again, because of your mad habit, again you react in the same way. You have become a slave of your habit, your habit pattern. Because of ignorance, one does not know what is happening within the framework of the body. This is avidya. Ignorance, ignorance. One has to come out of that ignorance, experience the truth, experience the truth, understand where I am making a mistake. Look, I am reacting, reacting with craving or aversion. And all other defilements are products of these two, craving and aversion, lobha, dosha, and different kinds of impurities arise, multiply, overpower you. One starts understanding that at the experiential level and understands that whenever I generate craving, I become so miserable. Whenever I generate aversion, I become so miserable. Because one has gone to that depth where one feels peace. And that peace is, is broken. No more peace. As soon as you generate craving or aversion or any other defilement, your peace is lost. Your harmony is lost. Your balance of the mind is lost. You are a miserable person. One starts real, understanding that at the experiential level, the habit pattern starts changing. That is why this eightfold noble path, when you come to a course, you have to take five precepts, at least for those ten days, you abstain from performing any action, vocal or physical, which will harm other beings, which will hurt other beings, which will disturb the peace and harmony of other beings. That is Sheila, morality. And for that, you have to learn how to control your mind, and that is your working with the respiration. And with that, you go to the depth and develop your own wisdom, your own insight to understand the truth. And that is Panya, wisdom, insight. All these three combined is the Eightfold Noble Path. Anybody can practice. This is not limited to people of a particular community or a particular tradition or a particular country. That's not even human being, is human being. Out of ignorance, one keeps on generating one impurity or the other and keeps on making oneself miserable, miserable. When one starts realizing that, not at the intellectual level, won't help. Not merely accepting at the emotional or devotional level, Buddha said so, or our ancient scripture says so, nothing doing. This will be just coming from one ear and going out of the other. Or it may help to purify your mind at the surface level only, or slightly deeper. You have not gone to the source of your misery. Technique wants you to go to the source of the misery. And that becomes so clear that I am making myself miserable. Out of ignorance, I put my hand on burning fire. It burns. I take my hand back. It burns. This is the nature of the fire. It must burn. Anyone who touches it, it will burn. Similarly, the nature, when I generate anger, hatred, ill will, animosity, fire, one will see, when one starts observing inside, whenever I generate any negativity, I am the first victim of that. There's a burning sensation throughout the body. Palpitation increases. Tension gets built up. Oh, misery, misery. You make that mistake of touching the fire once, twice, thrice, then you know this burns. You won't touch it. Similarly, you experience not once, two, or say hundred times by this practice. And you know, this kind of reaction harms me. It makes me miserable. It makes me miserable. The habit pattern starts changing. You are coming out of it. Law of nature is such, which is applicable to one and all. Law of nature is that you keep your mind pure. The moment you break this law, the moment you generate any impurity in your mind, you are punished by the law. Then and there, you break the law of a city, of a country, of a, country, of a state, you are punished. It takes long time. The case goes from one court to the other court, appeals, etc. Law of nature is such, you break and immediately, instantly you are punished. You break your purity, you generate impurity. You become miserable then and there. And you make your mind pure again. You get reward then and there. There is so much of peace, so much of harmony, which you have never experienced in these sensual pleasures. 
at the depth so much of peace, so much of harmony. When people start realizing this law of nature, don't break the law, keep your mind pure. The old habit pattern changes, the life pattern changes. It is an art of living, how to live peacefully and harmoniously. And it does not affect in any way any tradition. Now large number of people are coming to the courses of Vipassana. There is no religion in the world whose followers are not attending 10-day courses of Vipassana. And not only ordinary ordinary householders, their leaders are coming. Till now, more than 2,000 Christian priests and nuns have participated, and they keep on participating. Large number of Hindu sannyasis, Buddha monks, Jain monks, and Muslims coming to the courses. And they find it is also in our religion. It's also in our religion. Every religion... You must understand, every religion as the quintessence has the same teaching. Live a moral life. Is there any religion in the world which says don't live a moral life? Every religion teaches live a moral life. And for that, have a disciplined mind, a pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. These are the teachings of every religion, quintessence of every religion. But the difficulty is, there is outer shell. This inner essence is the same, uniform everywhere. Outer shell differs. Outer shell, rites, rituals, ceremonies, celebrations, this belief, that belief, this dogma, that dogma, differs. Let it differ. For us, don't give importance to that. Importance must be given to the quintessence of every religion, the truth the law of nature. And if that is importance is given, then all other things, let people be happy doing this rite or that ritual or this ceremony or that ceremony, this belief or that belief, this dogma or that dogma, be happy with that. But don't miss this inner sense of the religion. This is spirituality. And if you miss that, then the religion becomes empty shell. The essence is lost. The nectar is gone. Then it becomes a source of misery. Then you start fighting. My religion, you call that outer shell only a religion. My religion is the best religion. Yours is no good. My belief is the real belief. Yours is no good. My right is my real right. Yours no good. And keep on quarreling, quarreling. Nothing but discord, discord. If you give importance to the inner sense, no discord. How did you fight? Live a moral life. I live a better moral life. All right, I compete with you. I live a better moral life than you. What quarrel? My mind is very concentrated. Mine is not concentrated. All right, I'll work to get the mind concentrated. My mind is very pure. All right, I will also try to make it very pure. What quarrel? There's no quarrel. Only concord. All the quarrel comes because of this outer shell. And tremendous amount of attachment to this outer shell. This is religion. And this is my religion. My religion. My religion. This generates all kinds of fundamentalism, all kinds of terrorism. Everybody must be converted into my religion. Otherwise, better kill them. Either they must be in my religion or kill them. Without knowing whom you are killing. You have no enmity with this person. And you blast thousands of people. Without knowing whom you are killing. Just because they don't belong to my religion. Or they don't belong to my race. Or they don't belong to my country. Madness. All that madness goes away. So therefore Vipassana is essential. Essential for every human being. To learn how to live peacefully and harmoniously within. And, and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside. When I generate negativity, say anger or hatred. I become so miserable. I don't keep this misery limited to myself. The entire atmosphere around me becomes so tense, so tense. Anybody who comes in contact with me at that time feels misery. On the other hand, if I keep my mind peaceful, pure, I experience all the peace and harmony within, and the atmosphere around me gets permeated with the vibration of peace and harmony. Anybody who comes in contact with me feels peace and harmony, a way of life, a healthy, harmonious, wholesome way of life. Anybody and everybody has to practice that. It is not limited to any particular community, particular tradition, particular religion. It is universal, non-sectarian. 
and that is why people from different religions, different countries, different traditions practice it easily and get the same result, same result. But one has to spare 10 days of the li life, not just to understand it at the intellectual level, at the experiential level. You already spent about one hour. I would like you to spare 10 days of your life. Experience this wonderful truth within yourself for your good, for your benefit, for your liberation from misery. And who knows, through you, for the good and benefit and liberation of so many others. Enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real happiness. Good. The question has come. You say Vipassana is so effective. Why don't you teach to, to, to the President of Pakistan? <laughs> and the Prime Minister of India? Then there will be peace. Certainly. Both of them are welcome. They must come. Our doors are open. All should come. And the leaders of the country, they need it much more. Everything good or bad percolates from the top and goes to the society. Now people have started from this level also. They have started taking. One minister in the central government of Delhi is a Vipassana meditator. Six or seven of them in the state governments are Vipassana meditators. One Prime Minister of Mongolia is a Vipassana meditator. And he is spreading Vipassana in the whole country because he has himself experienced it is so good. Time will come when all the leaders of every country will practice Vipassana to bring peace. If everything is impermanent, why take the trouble to join a 10-day course? At the, at the intellectual level, you understand everything is impermanent. But what happens at the actual level? When something unpleasant comes, you think, oh, this is eternal, look, this does not go away, this is eternal, and you aversion towards it. And when you got something pleasant, ah, I got it now, this is eternal, this is eternal, you react to it with craving, and you become miserable. To experience this truth of impermanence, pleasant or unpleasant, and to experience how I am reacting to these and making myself miserable so that you can change your habit pattern. For this purpose, you are taking a 10-day course. How could you practice Dhamma when you are still in business? Yes, business people need it. Business people need it much more. You have seen now what is happening in these corporates, big corporates? If they start feeling that I am doing something wrong, some dishonesty, and I am harming others, he will understand I am harming myself also. Out of tremendous greed, I am doing something wrong. And when one starts observing inside, greed arises, and deeper greed arises, one becomes so unhappy, so miserable. So, one will do business, one will earn money, but not with the kind of attachment, detached way, so that whatever you earn, for your own livelihood, for the livelihood of those who depend on you, and also for the society, then this craving with attachment and clinging will go away. And one will be a good, better businessman. I know with my experience how miserable I was when I was leading a business firm. And after Vipassana, my business increased, my turnover increased, my, my industries increased, my profit increased. But the life was so peaceful, so peaceful. Previously working for about eight and eight hours, I used to feel so fatigued, so fatigued. But now after that, I work ten hours, twelve hours, still so fresh. Capacity to work increases and that is why large number of business executives in India are coming to courses. And here in the West also, a number of them have started coming to courses. Will your technique help alcoholism? Certainly. 
This was a wonderful discovery of this enlightened person when he said, you are not, you are not reacting to any outside object. This was something new for the whole humanity. There were teachings, you are reacting to outside object. That means you are getting addicted to alcohol, which is an outside object. Buddha says, no. When you take alcohol, there is a particular sensation in your body. And deep in your mind, you like that sensation. And you start craving for that sensation. Again, you want that sensation, you take more alcohol. Again, you want sensation, you take more alcohol. By this technique, you start observing the sensation. Look, arising, passing, arising, passing, anicca, anicca, impermanent, impermanent. Your attachment goes away. Attachment to the sensation goes away. Attachment to alcohol goes away. Attachment to drug goes away. Attachment to any intoxicant easily goes away. Just one or two courses I have seen. Thousands of people who are alcoholics who want to come out of it have easily come out of it. How do you practice this with your wife? Yes, very happily. <laughs> the unity of wife and husband becomes stronger. Both good, good meditators generate full of love, compassion, goodwill. They live a happy life, harmonious life, good for themselves and good for the children and good for all the relatives. Did you realize nirvana? If yes, what is the state of that of nirvana, of that mind? You practice and experience yourself. Then you know what is nirvana. There is no description. How can there be a description of something which is beyond mind and matter, beyond entire sensorium? When one experiences that, that uh, stage, which is beyond mind and matter, all sense stop working and you experience that. Maybe for a few seconds, few minutes, few hours, when you come back in the sensorium in the world, you are a changed person altogether. But your experience was beyond sensorium. How can you explain which, what words you can explain and with what words people can understand? So take course. No, 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 please, write. Never do that. Never do that. This is totally prohibited. This is not an arguing, not a debating class. So, Whenever you experience that, you will become dumb. You can't explain it. Only your behavior will show that you are a changed person. And that can be experienced by everyone. Everyone who comes out of this impurity, comes out of this impurity, comes to a stage where mind has become ultra-pure, has to experience something beyond mind and matter. And that is eternal. The entire field of mind and matter is arising, passing, arising, passing. And one keeps oneself free from craving, aversion, craving, aversion. One purifies the mind, keeps on purifying the mind, reaches the state. That is eternal. Nothing arises, nothing passes away. No explanation, no words can explain it, but it can be experienced by anyone and everyone. Reiki and Vipassana, please explain the compatibility. Nothing wrong in Reiki. Reiki is a technique to help people to come out of various physical ailments. Nothing wrong. I support that. But when you start mixing up Reiki with Vipassana, then trouble starts. Not in all cases, but we have found a number of cases where people have lost their, their mental arrangement. They become mentally deranged. Why? Because Vipassana wants you to observe the natural sensations. What sensations you feel when you are in anger or in passion or fear? That is what Vipassana teaches you. And here the outside vibration is given the input. And there is a clash. And with that clash, somebody cannot maintain the balance of the mind. So we say, carry on your, your Reiki. We have got nothing against that. Carry on Reiki. If you like Vipassana, carry on Vipassana. But don't mix the two for your, your own safety. Is it possible to develop a passion or a craving towards the subtle vibrations? This is what is taught. When people start practicing this, initially they get very unpleasant, gross sensations. And they train their mind, well, they are impermanent, they will pass away, just observe, just observe. And suddenly they start feeling a flow, very pleasant sensation, very subtle vibration throughout the body. Then the danger comes. You start craving and clinging for that. 
and the teacher will say, this is the danger. When you start craving for something pleasant, then you have aversion towards something unpleasant. Understand, this is also impermanent. This is also impermanent. Many a times we find a student comes, Oh, Goenkaji, I reach the final stage. I get such wonderful vibrations throughout the body. This is Ananda, Ananda, Paramananda, etc. I say, no, still you are in the field of mind and matter. By evening this person comes, I have lost my meditation. It was so good this morning. And now look, with a very long face, sad face, he says, I have lost that. That's why I say, when you experience pleasant sensation, don't take it eternal. It's bound to pass away sooner or later. And then you will become miserable if you have attachment towards it. So the whole technique is to come out of attachment, come out of craving or aversion. Can you please speak on the meaning of Om in relation to the practice of meditation? Om is a wonderful, wonderful word. The vibration is so wonderful. You keep on repeating, repeating, your mind calms down. It becomes pure also to a certain extent because I have practiced that number of years, so I know what it is. But it does not, does not work with Vipassana. In work, Vipassana, no verbalization. Every verbalization, everything that you pronounce, mentally even, generates a vibration. And that is a created vibration, not natural vibration. And here the technique wants you to be with the nature, the truth. Which, whatever happens naturally, when you generate anything in your mind, what sensation you are having? This great discovery again made by this great scientist, nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. So whatever is arising in the mind, and what sensation you have, and how you are reacting to this sensation, is more important to you than generate an artificial sensation, however good it may be. Keep it aside. You can practice that separately, but not with Vipassana. It will be harmful. During the 10-day course, at times, my body would shake involuntarily. No, don't allow that. It shakes sometimes, but whenever that happens, forcefully stop it. This is the path of peace. If anything violent is coming, that means some deep-rooted impurity wants to come out in a violent way. Give it a subtle way. Stop and keep your attention on the extremities. Same impurity will start coming out of the, the extremities in a very subtle way. This violent... The shaking of the body is not good. It will become your habit. Whenever you sit for meditation of Vipassana, you will start shaking and that will be harmful for you. For students who took a course many years ago but stopped practicing, what would you recommend? Come back, take another 10-day course, start working. There is no magic or miracle. No gurudam. The guru doesn't say, I will liberate you. Come, come, give me so many dollars, I will liberate you. Not that. You have to work out your own salvation. Somebody can show you the path. That's all. Can you practice Vipassana when taking antidepressant meditation? When you come to a course, discuss with your psychiatrist, discuss with the teacher in what depth depression is gone. But my experience with so many people with deep depression Easily they come out of it. The technique is so simple. As I said, nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. If depression has arisen in the mind, a good Vipassana meditator, just accept the fact, at this moment there is depression in my mind. Depression not related to this, this or that. Depression as depression. And what sensation I have? Any sensation you have in the body at that time is related to the depression. You start observing the sensation. Arising, passing, arising, passing, not eternal. Depression is also related to this, so not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. It cannot overpower you. It becomes weaker, weaker, weaker and passes away. Like this, any impurity that has come in the mind, accept that there is an impurity in the mind and what sensation I have. Keep on observing, keep on observing. That is how people come out of their misery, misery of these defilements. What is the end of Vipassana meditation? When you will reach that end, you won't come to ask me questions. <laughs> As I said, it is beyond mind and matter. The entire field of impermanence arising, passing, arising, passing. You are experiencing that to come out of it. Not that you are just for your intellectual understanding. There is such a big bondage in this field where there is nothing, but, nothing permanent arising, passing. You have to experience where nothing arises, nothing passes. And when you experience that, 
no question all questions are answered are there female teachers of vipassana certainly what difference between male and female human being is human being human mind is human mind we have vipassana female teachers and i carry one teacher with me so there is no no bar all students can participate male or female and they are teachers males females people from every religion can participate and they are participating and they are teachers from every religion they are christian priest teachers nun teachers there are muslim teachers there are sikh teachers there are hindu teachers there are both no makes no difference human being is human being they realize the fact and they know this is an exercise mental exercise as you do asana and pranayam not necessary to convert yourself to any religion this is a physical exercise to keep the body healthy so india found out this wonderful mental exercise which keeps the mind healthy anybody can practice and everybody can practice and they are practicing and they are teachers from every religion why is the vipassana foundation building an enormous golden domed meditation hall in bombay this does not appear to be in with the prashna normally humble and modest way quite true we know with our experience not merely because buddha said so samagganam tapo sukho when you meditate jointly the peace and harmony that you get the happiness that you get is enormous when you joint, jointly you meditate and we find centers where there are large number of people say in igatpuri sometimes 1000 people are meditating and such wonderful atmosphere happens because of so many large number of people meditating the entire atmosphere charged with the purity purity love compassion non meditators come there and as they enter they feel so much of peace so much of harmony this is the case with every center but bigger center more peace more harmony and this is being built so that 8 to 10000 people can sit together all old meditators no teaching will be given there old meditators sitting together and we want to examine what happens what good vibration and how it helps and the shape of the pagoda is just to give a feeling of gratitude when this wonderful technique went out of india to different countries those countries practiced vipassana and built pagodas just as a memory a feeling of gratitude this wonderful technique came from india to have the feeling of gratitude for centuries together similarly now it is coming india had lost it long ago it is coming back from burma myanmar people should remember for centuries together it was lost in our country and look it has come just to generate a feeling of gratitude that is very important in dhamma to have a feeling of gratitude and that vast hall with 8000 people sitting together and meditating and then a gallery where the life of buddha will be explained in different rooms during last 1500 years i know i came from very staunch conservative sanatani hindu family and my mind was so conditioned against buddhism this is buddhism oh this is buddhism i should never go to buddhism fortunately i went for 10 day course and then i found it is so pure so all the publicity wrong publicity done 1500 years about buddha and his teaching has to go away for the good of the people not for establishing a particular sect for the good of the people they must understand they must be grateful to the person the great scientist of the country of the mankind who discovered this wonderful technique which helps so many people then are is helping so many people now so in that gallery the life of buddha the teaching of buddha will be shown so that people understand what it is so it is for that purpose this pagoda is being built not for doing any kind of rite or ritual or ceremonies but in the interest of time we're going to ask Mr. Guenka just to deal with the next four so thank you very much for all your questions just four after that i'm liberated <laughs> right <laughs> right 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 may i combine yoga and vipassana when you say yoga so far as it is asana and pranayam it is wonderful you must combine the two one is for the health of the body to make the body healthy strong other is to make the mind healthy and strong both should be there but any meditation part should not be combined that will create confusion 
how old do children have to be pack, to to start practicing before birth <laughs> when the child is in the womb that is the proper time to give vipassana to the child number of pregnant mothers are coming to the courses and when they meditate this purity 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 what nutrition they are giving to the child purity purity love compassion goodwill and the child comes out with this proper feeding and lives a very happy life many pregnant mothers come to the course just for this purpose i want a dhamma baby i want a dhamma baby and they get dhamma baby so that's the proper time is it necessary to have a teacher to deepen the practice first 10 day it is very essential because it is actually a deep surgical operation of your mind all the deep rooted complexes will start coming up on the surface and if there is no proper guide something might go wrong that is why if we insist 10 days in a proper place under proper guidance later on you are your own master the whole technique wants you to become your own master attahi yatano natho you are your own master attahi yatano gati you make your own future good or bad so be your own master but where there is any necessity you can certainly consult your teacher write him or meet him you will get proper guidance how does one keep the mind pure when dying with a when dealing with a hateful person hateful person that is the problem of that hateful person why you take that take that problem on your head he is suffering when he generates hate he is suffering so have compassion for this person miserable person what he is doing but don't allow him to harm you or harm anybody else don't do that otherwise it is wrong the dhamma does not teach that i am a vegetable vipassana meditator let anybody come and cut me i don't care oh no you take strong action first of course very politely you explain this person what you are doing it is wrong harmful to you harmful to others won't understand this person does not understand soft language and use hard language use hard action but again with compassion in your mind because this person is ignorant person have compassion and take hard action i give sometimes an example a potter who makes earthen pot before putting it in the oven he makes it strong so beats it beats it to make strong another hand is below that so that it doesn't break he is beating not to break but to make so beat this person not to break but to make let him become a good person so vipassana helps you to take proper action with proper situation without harming yourself when you generate impurity in your mind you are the first victim of the impurity you started harming yourself how can you help others a lame person cannot help another lame person a blind person cannot help another blind person so come out of your impurity and then you will find every word that you say will be very effective and you started helping others may all of you enjoy real peace with the practice of vipassana may all of you be happy be peaceful be liberated